Good morning and welcome. I welcome you here in the name of Jesus Christ, the risen one. Of course, first he had to be born, so we're looking forward to the season of Advent. And the snow helps us get in the mood for that, perhaps. But uh, what we'd like to do is start by singing song number 66, To God Be the Glory. And as we think back on all the things that Jesus has done for us, that is a good response. Number 66. take some time for announcements and Dawson has one so he'll say that from the back but first I'm gonna say about the back you saw the Christmas tree when you came in and the ornaments on it are unusual see we've been training our grandchildren that things that are on the Christmas tree are not to be touched <laughs> but we want you to actually take these ornaments off this is called an angel tree and each ornament has the age and 
gender of a child in this community, an actual kid. And if you take one of those, then you're invited to buy a Christmas present for that child and then bring it back. Um, oh, now I forget where it's supposed to come back to. Bring it back here. And the deadline, I think, is printed in your email uh, that Russell sent out this week. Go ahead, Dawson. Yes, I have a announcement about Travis and Rosie and opportunity to send them a little Christmas cheer, Christmas blessing. Um, at the back there, kind of by that wall there that in the entrance here, just behind them there's a table and there is a little container to give money and so that they could treat themselves to uh, a Christmas meal is usually kind of what we think of when we drop some money in there. And as well, there is a Christmas card, and I encourage all of you to sign your name in there just to make it a little more personal. And if you want to leave a little Christmas greeting in there, there is space on the card inside, and you could even put it on the back if you wanted to, to write them a little something. And if you are the type that also sends out your own Christmas cards, I don't see why we couldn't fit a bunch of those in the envelope as well and mail that all out so that they have pictures of you guys as well. So that'll be running till December 15th. So you have time if you want to drop some money in the bucket and if you want to sign your name on the card. That would be awesome. Thanks. December 15th. What an important date. That is also our Christmas concert here. And so if you'd like to contribute something to it, talk to Amber, right? Amber, you want to give us a little wave? Thank you. And that is all ages, all kinds of uh, skills and, and uh, abilities and, and whatever that you'd like to offer. Mostly music, probably, but spoken word. And if you've got something else, Amber will be happy to hear about it. We're going to work our way back from December 15th. So this coming Sunday, December 2nd, 3rd, 3rd, is Carol Fest. So that's another wonderful concert sort of experience in the evening. And it also raises money for the Christmas cheer board. So you're welcome to that. Working backwards from Sunday. Tuesday, this Tuesday evening is our own congregational meeting right here at 7.30. And this afternoon, 3 o'clock, care home service. Please join Pastor Russell and Mark Unrau as they lead in worship there with the residents. And then one more way that you can show love in the community this season has to do with uh, the McGregor Elementary School. They have a breakfast program, and they are no longer asking for financial donations, but they're still happy to have the actual food. So if you have a great muffin recipe or some other food that you'd like to contribute to that, you can drop it off directly at McGregor Elementary School. Are there any other announcements? We did the tree. Yes. All right. Just a little bit more talking before we sing again. I'd like you to appreciate 
the meaning behind the words of this next song, which is number 409. I know whom I have believed. This is basically a song about how salvation comes and faith develops. God made the first move. That's grace. Jesus dies in my place before I've done anything good. That's grace. Faith comes from hearing the words of God. Realization of our need for a rescuer comes from God's spirit. And then the chorus is quoting Paul about his confidence that God will take care of the result of his preaching the good news. That's a, a quote from 2 Timothy chapter 1. And then the song ends with a verse about how our lives will end, either by walking through the valley of death or rising into the sky at the return of Jesus. And there's one extra fun word in here, kind of an old word, and that is the word rot. You've got to spell it right, otherwise it sounds kind of nasty. But this is in uh, verse 2 near the end of the verse. How believing in his word wrought peace within my heart. And wrought, we still use that word when we're talking about fancy welding projects, right? Wrought iron. It basically means worked. If this iron has been worked, it's no longer just kind of flat, but it's twisted and curved and whatnot. It is wrought iron. It's been worked. And so believing in God's word works peace within my heart. Please stand and let's sing, I know whom I have believed. And uh, verse 2 will be for the ladies and girls, and verse 3 will be for the men and boys. Keep up. 
Please be seated. Our confession, prayer, ah, I was going to say comes also from Psalm 25, which was our call to worship. And I forgot to do our call to worship. So let's do that together first. Are you able to back up to that, Matt? Thank you. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. Now, our confession prayer. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. For you, Lord, are good. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. And our words of assurance. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. And I just want to recognize that the Lord confiding in those who fear him is a beautiful truth that is coming up in our New Testament passage a little later. God has forgiven us through the death of Jesus and given us life through the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. In response, let's sing... Number 446, I will serve thee.
Continuing to offer ourselves to God, let's pray. God, you've given us life and everything that we have and own, and you invite us to share it with others. And so through our online giving and through the box at the back, we specifically give to the work that you've given this congregation to do. And individually, we also offer you our time our talents, our affection, and everything that we can do to love our neighbors. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. This next song is continuing in that theme and in a bit of a Latin American feel and with the imagery of Jesus calling his disciples, disciples who are fishers of men. Constant love 
Scripture reading is from John chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So we're gonna pray together. Are there any prayer requests that you want to share before we do that? Recovering from, we trust, leukemia, right? Looking for a donor. May have a donor. Okay. This may be a good time to put in a plug for uh, that kind of signing the form. It used to be on your driver's license, you know. I'm willing to be a donor, but now... They want you to do it online so that everything can happen, you know, with the internet. So I encourage you to do that, to sign up for life. My sister Elvira is still in Health Sciences Center, but she's doing well, she's resting and recovering. So uh, we're not sure just what the prognosis will be, but uh, we expect she'll be, be coming out, well, either sooner or later. Good. Thank you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your invitation to pray in your name to the Father according to your will and to expect to receive. We do expect to see your will done and we want to be part of it. And we thank you for the ways that we do see your work. We see people recovering. We thank you for Tyler's progress and Elvira's, and also young Ronan with his broken arm, and others that we're thinking of now. Thank you for making our bodies to fix themselves. But we also recognize that there are things way too hard for the body, too hard for us, too hard for our medicine, and so we pray for your intervention, your healing, your presence, your comfort. Pray that for Elvira, for Agnes, for Anne, and others that we're thinking of now.
We also pray for your will to be done in our relationships. We want to be the people who love because we have been loved. We pray for our neighbors, our community. Pray your blessing on the Christmas cheer board and all of their work. We also pray for our work together as a congregation and that our meeting on Tuesday will be productive. We also thank you for the larger church body that we are part of, the Evangelical Mennonite Conference, and for all the encouragement that we received this weekend being together and hearing from those who are doing mission work and other work in local churches all around the country. And we pray for our country. We pray for our political leaders, that you will give them wisdom, humility, and that they will work for the common good. And we pray that for all the leaders of the other nations as well, that there may be peace in our world and that people may be free to hear your word and follow you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the time when kids get to go for their own special children's church time. So head to the back. If you're ages 6 to 12, just keep going towards the back. But if you're a little younger, make a left turn. And God bless those teachers as well. Our speaker this morning is Albert Martins, and some of you know him from way back. Apparently, I was at Black Forest Academy visiting in 1990 when he was the business manager there, and I had no idea. Never met him. But I'm happy to have met him now, and he's going to tell us more about what he has been up to since that work. Uh, many of you have taken a look at the book on the back table about the Polar Bear Marathon, and uh, when I started reading about Albert in The Messenger magazine, it was about a very different marathon. It was one in a desert, and so he has been to extremes to uh, do the work that God has called him to do. Edna, his wife, is here as well, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from both of you. So God bless you as you come. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me come this morning. We uh, came from the West. Uh, Brandon, our grandson, is in the Assiniboine College there. So, yeah, here we are, McGregor, west of Portage La Prairie, <laughs> where, where uh, I made home for several years, many years ago. Uh, Edna and I sensed God's call on our lives very early in our marriage. And I'm just going to put some glasses on, even though I can see pretty good. We were aware that God had a path for us leading to missions, but we saw roadblocks, health concerns, first with Edna, and then uh, with our oldest son. Then we were dealing with an adoption. But in 1977, we received a letter from missionaries who, were, who we, uh, we were supporting, letting us know that the Black Forest Academy is looking for a business manager. We looked at our list of roadblocks, 
and then realized that God had cleared them for us. Actually, there were five excuses why we were not going to go, but, but the Lord called us, and roadblocks were cleared. Yes, there were still concerns, but seemingly none that deterred us from going. Then in uh, July 1977, we embarked on this new journey, thinking it was a two-year term. And we moved back to Canada in July 2002. Um, the two years had been stretched to 25 years, so be careful what you start out with. Those 25 years in faith ministry stretched us in many different ways. It reshaped our lives, changing us, testing our love and obedience to Jesus. And I think the way I am now is because of Black Forest Academy, Germany, just people and new, new things. Learning to live in a different country, making German our everyday language, learning and accepting a different culture and meeting new people who did not know two words of English, being separated from our family back in the days of handwritten letters and maybe one phone call at Christmas. Besides taking on the role of Black Forest Academy business manager, we were also dorm parents the first two years Edna had different responsibilities at the time, and after those two years, um, she was a, a, a dorm mom and receptionist, bookkeeper, school hostess, medical taxi, translator for staff and students. Oh, wow, the experience. When you know German, I was a German business manager connecting with a lot of German people, and, uh, and then you have a whole bunch of people, 100 people, missionaries that don't know German. Many of them didn't know German, but some did, and, but then all the issues and problems I had at the school were, were unreal. Every time there were problems, and they had problems, it was Albert's fault, or they'd come to me to resolve their problems. My job description was way more because you know the staff needed help because they didn't know how to clear mail packages at the post office or they got a speeding ticket in German. <laughs> and so I was always called upon to uh, a go-to person. Lots of stress at that time already. I had an outlet from the business stress in athletic activities. I did country, cross-country skiing and hockey and running. That return trip to Canada took place 21 and a half years ago, and now we have been serving with Power to Change Athletes in Action for 21 years. Our areas of work are in a running ministry, which a lot of people don't understand, but it's very unique, and the First Nations ministry. We have served on three remote reserves, Pongasi, Poplar Hill, Ontario, and to Dooley Lake, and we also helped a church begin a kids' camp on the Fairford Reserve. So now we're going to go to to Dooley Lake a little bit, and Edna will come and share a bit. 
Good morning. Turn my paper right side up. Yeah, Tadouli Lake is located about 250 kilometers straight west of Churchill for orientation's sake. This has been our destination for one week of ministry each summer over the last 18 years. We've also been going to Pangasi, as Albert said, as well as Poplar Hill. But I've basically been focused on Tadouli Lake. I was also working at the hospital, so I was taking my vacation time to work on, the, on these reserves with Albert. So my presentation will just focus on Tadouli Lake. <clears throat> the church, <clears throat> primarily used for funerals, comes alive for everyone <clears throat> the, one week, the one week that we're there. For the children on the community, this building is just for funerals. But when you notice some of the broken window panes, that happened when the children were upset that we had left. We have afternoon activities for the children in that church, Bible lessons and craft activities. The children do not know their native Dene language, and one of our volunteers, who is not native, learned the words, For Jesus Loves Me, in their language, and taught that song to the children. At the end of the week, the community gets invited to a program in the church, and Albert has put together a slide presentation of activities that week, so everyone comes, they want to see themselves in it. And the kids sing for their parents in their parents' native language. This summer, we were not able to go up to, to Dooley due to health reasons, so some of the older youth and young adults took it upon themselves to arrange for an activity day in our honor, so next slide, sorry. When we first started going to, up to Tadouli Lake, we went by seaplane out of Flinflon, landed on the sandy beach and hauled all our stuff onto the beach, and then by truck to our hotel, which was an empty teacherage. Later years, we drove to Thompson and flew from there, landing on the runway, which wasn't nearly as exciting. Crafts with the kids was a big part of our program. How many wieners fell into the fire? That really doesn't matter. The community wiener roast was always exciting. Albert is the virtual storyteller. He always has a story for anyone who will listen. He has the kids for baseball after the Bible time in church. And of course, he ends the baseball time with a story and a prayer. And it always warms my heart when I see these teenage guys with their hats all take their hats off and hold hands and pray with Albert. And it's just amazing how the older youth are just drawn to this part of the afternoon. And then there's a tea for the ladies. <clears throat> Sunday afternoon, I found, was an ideal time. And we ended up having 50 to 60 women show up for this event. The baking was mostly done in my kitchen in Steinbach. But what was interesting is how the ladies would load up their own little plates to take home with them. I don't know if they actually ate anything, they just loaded up. We would begin the afternoon with singing and a devotional followed by the tea and dainties. And as they left, we would hand each lady a gift bag. Bev Peters in our church made all the gift bags, which we then filled with toiletries and hygiene items. 
I found out very quickly that each bag needed to be identical, otherwise there was comparison and that didn't go well. There's no photo, but we also did a breakfast for the men, uh, pancakes, bacon, and ham, and they asked, so where are the eggs? The church kitchen consisted of a counter, that's it. I brought up the griddles to make the pancakes. And one year there was Albert checked the church and he says, Edna, there's no water in the church. So we started hauling water so I could make coffee. Diane Reimer came with us for about 10 years. She's from our church in Steinbach and sharing a devotional with the ladies there. And when Pastor Garth Coop came up with us one year, we asked him to do a baby dedication this family had asked for infant baptism, but we explained to them that we would not do that, but explaining why, but we'd be very, very happy to do a dedication of their child to the Lord, which they then accepted. But we needed to do it in their home. Back to the community reading, Wiener Roast, it's for everyone, young and old. And as you notice, it's not a hot dog bun, it's just a slice of white bread. That's all there was in the northern store. <laughs> Last year, Ken and Val Zacharias came up with us, and they fit in very well. This photo is from last summer. The Gold Eyes um, make a donation towards our camp ministry every year, so we use the money to buy T-shirts for the kids with a, with a Gold Eye logo on it. And the week is not done until it's done ending with fireworks on our last night. It's a big, big deal for the kids. Susanna Clipping was so pleased with this blanket. I brought her. I have a neighbor lady who is severely handicapped and she ended up in the hospital. This is not in your script, I'm adding. <laughs> um, she ended up in the hospital and she was scared she was dying. So she prayed, and I don't know how often she prayed, and she promised God that if he would save her life, she would make 10 blankets for Edna's mission. I didn't know I had one, but apparently I did. And she started, and God spared her life. She told her family, and if you love me, you're gonna help me. And by the time we left in summertime, she was in the hospital in January, when we went to Tadouli Lake in August, she had 12 Afghans ready for me to take up. And I was doing door-to-door -door ministry to the ladies. I asked somebody to give me a list of the oldest ladies in the community, and I was able to bless and the 12 of the women in that community and pray with them. And one of them was Susanna Clipping, was the last lady I visited, and she shared with me that she was dealing with breast cancer and she has since gone to be with the Lord. And Albert and I were also thrilled when our granddaughter, Teresa, could come up with us and help with the children's ministry. And of course, the newborns receive special attention when we visit people in their homes. And I usually try and bring up about 10 to 12 um, baby blankets, which I've made, which to give to young mothers. Every person has a story to share. Susanna Clipping, who'd, given, who'd been given the blanket, and her husband, Jimmy, who spent a long time that evening telling me of their journey from Churchill to Tadouli Lake, and they helped establish this reserve. 
When Albert went up there in winter to share a film produced by Power to Change, which included their people, he and Jake could not use the church. There was a body in the church, and the Anglican priest had not come up. And the body had been there for, what, almost two weeks? They proceeded to show the film in the daycare center. The next morning at 11, Albert was asked by the sister of the deceased if he would please do a funeral. When he asked when, the answer was at two this afternoon. He had never met the deceased, didn't know who he was, but remembered that whatever he was about to say, he was addressing to the living. So he performed his first Denny funeral service that day. Their cemetery is on the escar, so it's just all sand. This showed up on Facebook last summer when we could not go up. And that was amazing to us. We hadn't had too many of them from that community. But we love these people, and I guess we'll keep going, right, Albert? <laughs> we'll take you to uh, Poplar Hill. This reserve is also a fly-in reserve in northwest Ontario on the Barrens River. This summer we went up with uh, a five-person team. I mean, goals were radio ministry, participating in their community evangelistic tent meetings. And we did uh, some sessions with the children and of course ended our stay with a community wiener roast and fireworks. Unfortunately, I had been under considerable personal stress just before we left and my sister had been rushed to the Grace Hospital just a week before our planned trip and her situation looked pretty grim and uh, we went to see her the day before our flight to say goodbyes and she gave me the blessing to go but also gave me some requests for her uh, children. And during our week in Poplar Hill, I experienced the shortness of breath to a point that I sought help at the nurse's station on the reserve. They did all the tests that they could uh, available to them, and because of my low oxygen levels, they decided to airlift me to the Health Sciences Center. There I was diagnosed with uh, multiple uh, tiny blood clots in uh, both lungs. I'm feeling fine now, and also my sister did recover, so it's wonderful. As a result of this turmoil, like Edna said, we did not go to, to Dooley Lake, but when the community received the news that we were not coming, they stepped up to the plate and did what they could. And I'm amazed at how our friendship over 18 years uh, the people just don't express themselves very much and don't say too terribly many thank yous and whatnot. And we just realized now, with us not being, not being able to come, that they really, really appreciated us. And I, you've just seen all the comments and prayers for Albert and Edna on Facebook. And so we shipped our supplies up there for the work, and uh, they did the work for us. They did a sports day, baseball and whatnot in our honor. And we had sent lots of gifts too, like fish hooks. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling that uh, Tadouli Lake people <laughs> uh, love us. And yeah, 
Now I'll take you to another topic, which is the polar bear marathon. You mentioned it, and the polar bear marathon is, we just got back from there a little last weekend from Churchill. It's a very unique marathon in Churchill. It just took place um, for the 12th time. We put together a collection of polar bear stories written by runners, and that book you, you may have, it's in the back, and if you want to help with a donation, that's fine, we'll just pass it on to, to the Duke of Marlborough School Kids, their breakfast club in Churchill. We usually support them, uh, uh, and because the book was sponsored by our sponsors, so we didn't have any costs in the book. Participants of the marathon this year came from Dallas, Texas, New Zealand, Italy, uh, British Columbia, Alberta, Vermont, USA, Winnipeg, as well as Churchill and Tadouli Lake. And the distances, you may not know, familiar with <laughs> running, but a half marathon is just over 21 kilometers, a full marathon is 42.195 kilometers, and an ultra marathon of 50 kilometers. Every runner has a vehicle escorting them for safety. Bears, as well as weather conditions, are the two reasons why they need escort. We've been out the, uh, we have been out there on the roads completely slick with ice and blizzards and simply strong winds, but also in mild conditions. And this year was, it was good. It was okay, minus 14. But for the Texans, that was, <laughs> that was cold. The bears, every runner anticipates seeing a bear, but from a distance, hopefully. And two years ago, we were dealing with a few bears right on the road. You have a runner going on the road, and there is only the one road, and there's a big papa bear in front of you about 50 meters ahead. So what do you do? So fortunately, the, the ranger, Canadian ranger, was able to shoot the banger, and eventually the bear did go into the bush, or bush, or whatever, onto the tundra. It's a fun run. Well, maybe a crazy run. <laughs> However, the runners uh, paying the cost to come to Churchill are looking for something out of the ordinary. And it is challenging. To date, we've had over 200 runners from all over the world. It's self-promoting. I don't have to promote anything. I can only take about 20 runners because I just don't have the support to keep them safe. One third of the runners are usually from Churchill or Tadouli Lake. The highlight for me is the gospel presentation at the awards banquet, the evening of the marathon. It takes place at the Seaport Hotel. About 47 people came, the crew and the runners, very informal. Uh, just love it to see and hear. Um, about a third are Christians and two-thirds are not Christians and different backgrounds. Some don't know the Lord, some are of different faith. And just to see a pastor from Texas sit in the plane, a small little plane, eight people, 
and they were talking two and a half hours flight just talking and pastor sharing and sharing with runners runners a lot of times are such ego people such driven people such self-saving people they lose weight they have a goal they brag they're proud and the pastor brings another dimension to these runners some because our body will deteriorate and to bring some meaning to life and oh, I just so I, I I think it's the best marathon ever because of witnessing seeing the Christians do what they're supposed to do is to share their faith with those people that don't know the Lord it is absolutely fantastic that's the reason the Lord has allowed this marathon to happen now I want to challenge you a little bit at the end since um, the beginning of uh, COVID in 2020, I have tried to understand our broken world in terms of a few topics. COVID affected everyone, families and churches and businesses. Uh, as a Christian, I'm striving to mature and grow closer to the Lord. And the words and thoughts that have come to me during that time have been the words like encouragement. Um, Neil Tomba, the, the pastor that we brought up from Texas, he cycled across USA and he wrote a book and, and he cycled across USA to listen to people. It's called a listening road and how to connect with people. And he would connect with people every day with people. He made a documentary, you can check it on the website, uh, The Listening Road, and uh, he used a way of communicating, being interested in other people, like, how are you doing? Like, what do you think of Jesus? Just listening, a different approach, how to get to know people. I loved it. It was so encouraging. So, encouragement. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Romans 15, verse two, each of us should please our neighbor for their good to build them up. Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to the, their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And, you know, a harsh thing to say is just stop complaining. Proverbs 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 
we live in such a self-absorbed world now. It seems like everybody's just busy doing their own thing and just it's all about selfishness. But this is not what we read here. First Thessalonians 4.18, therefore encourage one another with these words. First Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another, build each other up just as in fact you are doing. First Peter 4, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Find something uh, to say something nice about somebody. Uh, Neil says the problems he had, how to connect, and one lady was angry at Jesus, and, and he walked away, and he came back, and, and he explained what that Jesus also had been upset and angry with Lazarus or what happened there. And so trying to connect, be curious and see how they're doing. Listen. Find something in another person that you will have in common. Find something in another person where you can agree with. It's powerful. I, a question I've had so often, why is it so hard to encourage another person? I've often thought about, don't we do it because we don't want this other person that's not supposed to go to his head and become selfish? Why is it so hard to encourage a person? Why is encouragement not given and spoken to needy and hurting people? We don't realize what a simple encouraging word can do to another person. Our second son, he struggled in school and he had been diagnosed with dyslexia and struggled. He did his math problems differently than the teacher taught him. So he was different and struggled until a teacher, one teacher, one lady from Great Britain took an interest in him and loved him and showed appreciation and love and helped him. And you know, his marks, he just lit up and his marks went up. That's what encouragement does. Find somebody that has difficulty and help a person. Encourage, encourage someone. Usually it doesn't cost you much, but it will enrich your life and the other person's life. It'll make a difference. Now the other word that has been on my mind a lot has been the word obedience. Psalm 128.1, blessed are all who fear the Lord who walk in obedience to him. Deuteronomy 5.33, walk in obedience to all that the Lord, uh, the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your life, your days in the land that you will possess. Romans 12, oh, sorry, Romans 13, 1 to 2. Obey, also it says obey our government, for God is 
the one who has put it there. There is no government anywhere that God has not placed in power. So those who refuse to obey the law of the land are refusing uh, to obey God and punishment will fall. God wants us to come to him. He wants us to obey him. So many Christians, I find, are hard of hearing. And we don't always hear the Lord. We don't always obey. Moses did not like the orders he got. Jonah didn't like the orders he got. All kinds of excuses. Why me, Lord? I don't have any gifts. To obey the Lord can mean stepping out of your comfort zone. It could also mean we don't see the end result. God may not be asking us to step out to monumental tasks. Maybe he's just asking us for obedience in our hearts from day to day in our daily living. So, and again, during the COVID years, and maybe as a result of the orders passed to us by people in authority, we seem to see and hear more complaining and more rebelling, more protesting about everything. Neil Tomba said in Texas, he says, the people, the Americans are all angry with each other. He says, you just go onto Facebook and they're all, be ready for a battle. Because there's so much anger, division in the US, he said. So why is that? Why can we not get back to obeying and pleasing the Lord? The way I read God's word, is that my job is to obey our government, to pray for our, pray for our leaders. And I was pleased. I heard that this morning when um, he was praying for the leaders of our country. We need that because there's many angry people and, and wars going on right now. I have never lived through a war We've always lived in peace in Canada, but we lived in Europe, and I walked the soil and the grounds of those battlefields, and it's absolutely, absolutely terrible to go to Auschwitz, to see the gas chambers, to see soldiers weep at the concentration camps. And when I ran across Germany, I covered territory where terrible wars have been fought, just between, just west of Germany into France, the, the hills there overlooking the Rhine Valley. The mountain was brought down at least a meter from all the bombs. So 30,000 soldiers died there, just where we lived, and all the bunkers and the barbed wires. It's all there, the tunnels. And so it made me realize, man, have we got it good. Are we fortunate? or what, count your blessings. And I try to imagine what it's like for these families in Gaza or in Israel or in the Ukraine 
families broken up, injured, killed. Hundreds of them, hundreds, thousands of them. That's happening right now. We are so blessed. We can gather here to worship, sing songs. Beside my computer in my office, there's a poster that Edna helped me make, and it simply is a poster of the fruits of the Spirit. And I look at them, and the words are simple, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So I ask myself, how am I doing? A lot of times I'm not doing very well because I have anxieties, don't have that peace in my heart. But hang on, keep looking to the Lord, focus on him, look to him. He will, he will help through the obedience to him and to pray the Holy Spirit and read his word. Thank you very much. And thank you, brother and sister, for sharing with us a couple of verses from Trust and Obey, number 349, verses 1 and 3. our benediction, we turn to the book of Philemon. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Go now and serve our wonderful God. Then in fellowship